Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To all old and new subscribers, you are very welcome. If you are relatively new to the channel, a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, I invite you to check out the Russia and China playlist. I always say, as I, as I remember to, that the Russia and China playlist is central to what this channel is about. The Russia and China playlist, I would say, is one of the most important playlists on the master's voice. So if you have not checked out those videos, please look on my channel dashboard and start to go through them. You're also welcome to go to the master's the master's voice blog itself. So the master's voice prophecy blog under every video, you will find the link for the particular prophecy that I'm handling. And if you click that link, it'll take you back to the blog. And if you use the blog menu, I've taken the time to reorganize the menu. If you use the blog menu, you can find all the Russia and China prophecies in one place. You can other also find another drop down menu called America. And that is handling all the, that's handling the indictments, that, that's handling the accusations, that's handling basically the list of sins that the Lord Jesus Christ says that the nation of America is guilty of. So today I am taking, I'm taking a shift from the prophecies about the fallen angels, the fallen ones, the supernatural. This is a right now word that the Lord has given me, and this is not a light word. So I will say that when you listen to these prophecies on this channel, you need to engage your heart and you will need to engage your faith because what the Lord is saying are things that will come to this nation, things that no matter how the Lord puts them to me, these things are not going to pass away. These things are not going to stop being true. They won't stop being true if we get upset. They won't stop being true if we are afraid. They won't stop being true if we argue or we disagree. Always remember that when you come here, it's not actually the person who is important. And the lesson that God has given me for today, along with the prophetic revelations, will emphasize that when you come to the master's voice, you are simply looking at a worker. You are simply looking at a servant of the Lord. The words that you hear here and the truths and the revelations that are being brought forward here are out of the heart of the Lord God himself. And so today I am going to treat, meaning I'm going to look at in depth, John 15 and Ezekiel 15. The title of this prophecy received today, January 18, 2022, is called A Dead Vine. A dead vine. So how do I start? Today in my praise and worship time, I was having a very good time with the Lord. And I've shared before that it is often in praise and worship when my heart is wide open in adoring and really enjoying God's presence, um, reflecting back to him how wonderful he is and how amazing and how powerful. It is often in those times that God will drop these very heavy truths, these very heavy materials. And he has been doing that over the past few days, but because I was in a series, there was no need to share those things. But now those things have come full circle and he has given me the prophecy called a dead vine regarding the night, the United States of America. And I will go into it. I will read out in your hearing Ezekiel chapter 15. It's a very short chapter, just eight verses. And then I will paraphrase it 
and I will share the lesson that the Lord has given me, his questions and the answers that he gave. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, what is the vine tree more than any tree or than a branch, which is among the trees of the forest? What would be taken thereof to do any work? Or will men make a pin of it to hang any vessel thereon? Behold, it is cast into the fire for fuel. The fire devours both the ends of it and the midst of it is burned. Is it meat for any work? Behold, when it was whole, it was meat for no work. How much less shall it be meat yet for any work when the fire has devoured it and it is burned? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, as the vine tree among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel, so will I give the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will set my face against them. They shall go out from one fire and another fire shall devour them. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I set my face against them. And I will make the land desolate because they have committed a trespass says the Lord. And so if I can paraphrase this very short paragraph or these very short um, sentences for you, what God is, God comes to the prophet Ezekiel as God has this style of coming to prophets and asking them questions. And he's not asking them questions so that they can answer him. He's asking these questions so that he can answer himself. This is one of the ways that God expresses himself. He will ask you a question and then he's not really waiting for you to answer it. He's simply asking the question as a prelude so that he can answer himself. And God comes to Ezekiel and he basically says to him, Ezekiel, what's the value of a vine? So he calls it the vine tree, vine tree here. But he says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, what is the value of a vine? So I was talking about a vine in a previous video and I will deal with that. But for now, let's stay with the text. Ezekiel, what is the value of a vine tree? What makes it worth more than any other tree? And what is the cost? What is the value of this branch among any other trees in the forest? Are you able to take wood from this tree to do any work? Can men make anything useful on it, of it? So can men make anything useful of it upon which they can hang other vessels? So can men make a table of a vine tree or can men make a bed or can men make a wardrobe or a dresser out of the wood of the vine. He says, look, it is cast into the fire for fuel and the fire will devour it from both ends. So both sides of the vine for the vine is a, is a long type of tree. It doesn't really go upright like the other trees. It, it, it moves along the ground like this in a lengthwise way. So the Lord says the fire will eat it up from this end and from this end, and even the middle of it will be burned. Is it therefore useful for anything? Behold, even when the vine was whole, so even when the vine was not burned, you could not use it for any useful work. So then how are you going to use it for anything useful when fire devours it and burns it? Therefore, this is what I, the Lord God says, as the vine tree among all the trees in the forest is the one that I will give into the fire for fuel, this is how I will give the people of Jerusalem into the fire. And I will harden my face against them and they will run from one fire to another. 
and the fire shall devour them. And you will know that I am the Lord when you see me harden my face against them. And I will make this land desolate. In other words, I will turn this land into a tragedy because they have committed a trespass, says the Lord. So I think it's in the Lord's prayer where it says, forgive us our trespasses. A trespass is a sin and a trespass is not just any type of sin. The Bible uses different types of words for sin, like sin, like transgression, like iniquity, but a trespass, it carries the connotation with this word that you know the boundaries of what should or should not be done. So you know the limitations such as the boundaries around land. That's why we call people who see other people's fences and climb over those fences to steal their cattle and steal their horses or rob their homes. And that's why the US law gives the right to shoot trespassers in some states, because this is someone who comes up to a boundary and knows that this is a boundary, but then decides to go over it. Anyway, that is why they are called trespassers. They know that this is a place where you may not pass, but they attempt to pass anyway. And so God says that the reason he will give this particular people into the fire to consume them, to burn them from both ends is because they have committed trespass saying they know what is right to do, but they do not do it. And therefore I will make the land desolate. So in a recent video, I think it was the language of deception part one, I shared about how in the US, many people are poorly taught. So many people are sitting in churches that are not giving them what I call the whole truth, meaning that the entire balanced gospel, which is that God is a wonderful judge, a, a loving father. God is also a disciplinarian. God is interested in the growth of his people in a balanced way. So nobody wants their child to grow up and, and get hooked on crystal meth or to run around making girls pregnant or to be one of those girls that doesn't have any self-control and things like that. No parent wants their child to grow up in this fashion. And so God is that very loving and involved parent in the life of his children. And that is one side of him. But then God is also that parent that if he sees people going astray, if he sees his child going astray, if he sees us committing sin, transgression, iniquity, and trespass, God will definitely involve himself in a way in our lives that is painful in a way in our lives that is not pleasant. But in churches today, these things are not taught to give Christians the full and balanced measure of who the Lord is. The Lord is taught almost as a constant buddy and friend, somebody who's just going to chase after the Christian. And this builds into the minds of Christians that they actually have the right to run from God. And the truth is that we do not. Everything about the Bible tells us that God is a powerful centrifugal force, which means that he is like a great vortex that exists in this world. And we are just tiny little dots that are supposed to surrender ourselves to the superior power and lordship of God and let him swirl us into his greatness, his hugeness, his majesty. But church in America today gives you the impression 
that you can hang back as long as you like, but because Jesus is the good shepherd, he's just going to be running after you. He's going to be climbing the highest mountain and kicking doors down, looking for you, hunting, crying out, where are you, my child? And everything like that. And so it gives us the impression that we can stay away from the purifying fire that is God. It tells people that God will never judge their sin. It gives people the impression that God is not even interested in their sin. And do you know where I'm going with this? It leads to a nation and a church that is extremely sinful. When you think that there is no value or cost placed upon your transgressions, placed upon those hidden areas of your life that you will not confront or deal with, you become a person who thinks that there is no consequence for sin. And when the shining diamond in the midst of a nation, which is her church, that is the local body and the national body of the Lord Jesus Christ, becomes a place that is scratched and pockmarked and pitted and blasted all over her body with filth and the hidden practice of sin, then it means that the highest place to which Americans should be able to run is no safe place at all. So in church, we think for the most part that God will bear with our sin and bear with our sin. And this actually leads to the production of very deceived and very sinful people. Many Christians, if you are honest with yourself, you are struggling with sin. And these are not new sins. This is not stuff that you picked up just I fell into it once and I'm never going to do it again. No, this is stuff you've been carrying for five, 10, seven, eight years, or a couple of months, a year, two years. You have been carrying a secret or repetitive sin. And there is no one bringing forward the sword of the word to pierce you in your inner man so that you can understand that sin actually has consequences. It has separating consequences from, from God. It has punishing consequences from God, from God. It has afflicting consequences from the devil and from demons. They will afflict you and they will flog you and drag you. If you can see that the devil dragged Job, who was not sinning, who was righteous. If you can see how the devil took a hold of Job and dragged him and destroyed his life and he was righteous, then perhaps you will get a deeper understanding of where this prophetic word from the Lord called a dead vine is heading. And so the word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel and says, son of man, tell me something. Is a vine good for anything? The vine, is it good for anything as compared to the other trees? Can you take wood from it to make it into anything? Can you make the wood of the vine into something useful that men can use? Can a vine, can a vine's wood make a bed? Can a vine's wood make a dresser or a table or a wardrobe? Nothing can come from the vine, he says, and therefore we will cast it into the fire and use it as fuel and the fire will eat it up from both ends. And so now I will share these astounding revelations that make up this prophetic word, the dead vine and the things that the Lord showed me. The vine, as the Lord is talking about, is only good for bearing fruit. However, to go back to the previous point I was making about how sin has infiltrated the church, I shared in a previous video that I went to a church and the pastor was um, treating the text from John chapter 15 and the Lord told me to read it on camera. And so here we go. Just a moment, bear with me, please. Pastor was treating the text 
And this is what we heard in the congregation. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. This is the vine dresser, the one who is treating the vine. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges so that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through this word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am that vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you want and it will be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. And so we heard John chapter 15 verses one unto eight read to us. And then the pastor treated the text and he spoke about how Jesus Christ is the true vine and the Lord God is the one who treats the farm, the husbandman. And he was talking about how it is essential for us as Christians to remain planted in the true vine, that we are just branches that in Jesus own word, without me, you can do nothing apart from me, you can do nothing. But Jesus says, if you stay in me, if you abide, which means to make your permanent home and your permanent rest in me, and let my words make their permanent home by abiding in you, then you will be able to ask me anything in prayer and I will do it for you. And here's another thing. You will bring glory to the Father because you will bear much fruit and everyone will see that you are my disciples. The pastor spoke on all this, and the congregation was edified by hearing this, that there is value both for us and for God in remaining in the vine. But the pastor did not speak about this part. The branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it stays in the vine. He didn't speak about this. If a man does not abide in me, he will be cast out as a useful branch. So if you decide to separate yourself from Christ Jesus, if you decide not to be a Christian, if you decide that you don't actually want any Lord and any master, you are cast forth as a useful branch and you become withered, which means that the life of the Lord God does not abide in you because you are refusing to abide in him. And here's what Jesus says. He says, men will gather you. So he doesn't say, I will come and grab you. He says that men will come and gather you and cast you into fire as a useless branch and you will be burned. The pastor neglected to teach this part because this type of teaching is not popular in the modern church, even though in some places they will surely blast you and teach you. In some countries, they will teach you all this. But here in America, stuff like this is not popular. Hearing about being cut harshly cut off the vine because you have become a withered branch and then having men cast you into fire, that's not popular. That's not going to pack the pews and that's not going to have people coming back. And yet today, it was of these things that the Lord taught me. Celestial, what is the vine good for? It's only good for bearing fruit. So vines have no useful purpose on this earth except to bring forth grapes, 
that we can either eat in their fresh in their fresh form or we crush them and then we age them in barrels and then we sell it as wine or we dry them and we sell them as raisins um that's what the vine is for it's to bear fruit it has no other job the vine except to bear good good fruit but for who does the vine that is us who are part of the true vine the little branches are we bearing fruit for ourselves we are not year after year the only reason a farmer keeps his vine and keeps its little branches is because it is growing quality vintage it is producing quality grapes that can either be delicious in the mouth as fruit or can be drunk as quality wine and the lord said who benefits from this quality vintage does the vine produce wine for itself can the vine drink its own product no and yet i say to you that there are many vines running around today drinking their own kool-aid high on their own hype and they have huge followings massive followings millions and millions or thousands and thousands or hundreds of thousands of people following them believing that they are quality vines when they are actually vines that the father has rejected the lord says that the vine produces quality vintage that will only distinguish that is to make famous one person the vine dresser it is the vine dresser the husbandman the lord god who becomes famous from what the vine is doing and that's one way for you to be able to distinguish what type of vine what type of branch you're listening to if jesus christ is not preached if jesus christ is not lifted up if jesus christ is not given fame and edified you are listening to a rogue withered and dangerous branch the vine dresser is distinguished by the vine the land owner the farmer who actually puts in the work and tends the vine tends the branches he is the one who gets the glory for what the vine does nobody ever drove out to napa valley or to any wine farm to praise the vine to say hey i had a glass of you last night and it was amazing i've just come to tell you thank you no all the awards all the fame all the accolades go to the house that produces the wine so the brand of wine that farmer's brand the farmer becomes famous because of what the vine and the branches are producing the vine is unseen it is the farmer who produces the good vintage therefore the farmer should get all the praise because as it says in john 15 the vine would be nothing without him the lord told me that vine wood cannot be used for anything it's a thin wood and the reason for that is vines are not expected to bear a lot of weight vines are only expected to carry the weight of the grapes that grow along them at different intervals so if you have a long vine here the vine the wood at this point is only expected to hold its own grapes so as a whole vine wood is not very strong or tensile because it's not expected to carry weight it also doesn't have much density so vine is actually a very thin and wiry type of wood even when you dry it and so it would take tons and tons and tons of the wood to 
chop it up into chips and have it make just one piece, one board of wood. And therefore, vines are only useful for fruit, not for anything else. Here's the prophetic word of the Lord. America is a broken vine and a sinful vine, and I will no longer hold back my judgment from her. I will never forgive her for the rampant sin committed here, and that sin is not atoned for with either repentance or regret. I will become like the sea over her, restless and unforgiving. I will not hold my peace with her anymore because they have forsaken and forgotten me and the righteous are like few and tiny precious seeds among them, so few. Therefore, I will release the judgment of fire against the whole of them and only my righteous seed will be preserved as passing through the fire. The flames will devour them and the nation will burn down to the foundation stones. They will fall to the Russian onslaught and occupation and the sword of Vladimir Putin will drive them as chaff drives before the wind into an end times captivity. Unless you hear my voice and come out of captivity, come out of Babylon and her evils, you will be numbered with her and punished with her in the day that she receives her judgment. And so I will go back to Ezekiel 15 because it is essential to what I just read. The Lord tells Ezekiel that the vine tree has no more value than any other tree and that it's not more valuable than any other tree in the forest. This is verse two. So this mindset here that people are born into and told, this is the greatest country in the world. This is the greatest country in the world. People need to, when you come here, you need to understand that patriotism only goes so far in the end times. I've spoken many times and I've said that nobody's going to fly America's flag in heaven. And we know that for sure, because if you read Revelation 17 and 18, there will not be any America left to fly any flag. So heaven is not a bipartisan nation. Heaven is not a, bi a partisan place. Heaven is a place where only the humble, the righteous, and the pure will enter into. It says that there will be no Jew and no Greek, no male nor female in that place. So it doesn't mean that we will lose our genders. It means that all the things that separate us here on this earth will cease to have any importance in that eternal place that cannot end. God's kingdom is an eternal kingdom and it is not going to be divided by the things that we use to separate and divide here. The mindset in this nation is a very proud one. It exalts this nation above all the nations of the earth. And because this mindset is so controlling, it's so powerful and prevalent, the outflow of the nation's actions fall in line with that, the greatest. When you think you are the greatest, you feel that you have license to do whatever you want. And if you are honest with yourself today, that is what America does. America does whatever she feels. So she has no limitations or boundaries for herself internally. This is a nation where anything 
goes. Anything goes. It doesn't matter about this minuscule outrage that we have in the church. This is not allowed and this is not right. The truth of the matter is the Lord has said, and I've said all of this in the America prophecies, is that if the church of America was truly moved by outrage, they would have risen up and they would have fought the degeneracy of this country. But because the Christian mindset is primarily one of comfort, it's an internal comfort that you are loved by God and we are so special and so different. And because we have the truth of the scripture, it doesn't really matter what's going outside because heaven is our home. And you do not see this mindset pursued in scripture. God made Adam and Eve the custodians of the earth. They lost that custodianship because of deception. They were careless and they were deceived in their mind. And so they lost the rulership because of deception. And Jesus had to pay a terrible price as the second Adam, as Romans called him, to get that rulership back. The church in this nation is very largely deceived. The word is complacent. Complacent is where you just sit back and you don't really bother yourself because all you do is focus on the government of heaven. All you want to do is fly away in the rapture and be with Jesus. And the fact is while you're looking in the sky, the earth, at least the earth under our feet, has fallen into terrible disrepair. There are terrible sins performed here upon American soil. And the church sat back and let it. There were protests here and there, and there was anger here and there, but nothing like the rage. This is God. Nothing like the rage that was experienced when Achan, in the Bible, in the book of Joshua, stole the, the cursed things when they went to take Jericho, and Jericho fell before them, and God had told them, this city is sacrosanct. This city is holy. Do not touch anything in this city. Dedicate this city because it is the first city that you have captured and destroyed as you enter the new land. This is your first victory. This is your first fruit. It is dedicated to me. Utterly destroy it. Achan saw some good looking clothes and a few bars of gold and everything and he took them. And it's funny. The new king, the King James calls the garment that he took the Babylonish garment. And isn't that America enticing and drawing all the nations here only to poison them in their stomach and fill them with her sick practices? Achan took a Babylonish garment and he hid it in his tent. Do you know what happened to that man when God identified him as the evildoer in their midst? They didn't just stone Achan. They brought his wife out. They brought his kids out. They brought his cows and sheep, everything that belonged to him. And they rooted him out of their midst because they knew that that is what God required. Now there's those who are out there who don't know and understand the ways of God who will complain and say, yeah, your God is a bloody God. And that's why I don't follow him. No, Achan's death was what the law required at that time. But what God still requires is for us to root out the sin in our midst. And American pastors, by and large, not all of them, but most, have absolutely no interest in handling sin. They don't want to confront sin because sin is bad for business. When you talk to people about sin, people feel convicted. When people feel convicted, 
they get ashamed. When people are ashamed, the next step after shame is anger. Anytime somebody shames you, the first thing you feel is flaming anger rising up in you because you're embarrassed, because you're ashamed. And the more truthful they were about telling you about yourself, the angrier you are, you are, the, the angrier you become. So when people get convicted, they get ashamed. And when they're ashamed, they get angry. And when they get angry, they're like, I don't like Pastor Bob and I hate Pastor Hendricks. I'm not going back. And then the numbers drop and the finances drop. And then the seats start looking pretty gappy because people aren't there. And pastors figured out a long time ago that it's just not fruitful to speak about sin. Other pastors don't speak about sin because they don't have the guts. They don't have the spine, the backbone to confront it in the population because they don't, they don't want to ruffle feathers. You know, they just feel that if you draw people to God with love, 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 people love, love, right? So if you draw people to God with love, surely people will stop doing what's wrong. People will stop sinning. People will become good, but people don't become good because you give them pumpkin pie and chai lattes. People are coming to church to be cleansed of immorality. People are coming to church like little tomato plants, which also grow on a vine. Tomato plants grow on a vine and they're always on the ground. And if any of you have home gardens, you know that when your tomato plants are on the ground then every single little bug eats them. For that reason, people take tomato plants and put them on a stick. The church of Jesus Christ is the corrective stick to which all the vines are tied. Then that way we are not on the ground. We are not at the low level, the base level, the sin level, and we can grow up to produce good fruit because of sunshine and because of rain and because of care. But when sin is not confronted, people become corrupt, morally corrupt. So this mindset of being better, this mindset of being fast created, unfortunately, a mindset that the nation itself could do whatever it want. It could simply shrug its shoulders and shove other people in the international space. And within the, the, in the church, there was no interest or there was no ability to push back against the dismantling of the vine stick. Abortion is okay. Homosexuality is okay. Transgenderism is okay. You can dress how you feel. After all, as long as you're buying the clothes, it doesn't matter if your anatomy doesn't match up with the traditional understanding of who wears skirts and who births babies. We have to be more careful of feelings and we have to be acceptable. And the church sat back. This the Lord has said, and therefore I say it in his authority. The church sat back. The leaders sat back and they let the sheep get fat and lazy and the sheep became very heaven-minded and, and that's why many people can't cope today. We're watching the nations being shut down because the NW, you know what, final letter is on its way. It's being birthed out if it's not already blazing forth out of the birth canal and jumping here with its iron feet to create an entirely new world. This is why a lot of people are fainting in their souls today because they know the scripture enough to understand that the beast indeed is rising, but they can't believe the gall of Jesus not to have kicked off the rapture already. How dare he, when he is watching people be stabbed with needles, how dare he not come yet? And he is not coming until many things that are already written in the scripture have come to pass. 
So the Lord says here that the vine tree is not more special than any other tree. And besides, the vine tree doesn't even produce wood that can be used for anything. And he says, I will throw it into the fire and fire will eat it from both ends. And as I continue with the Lord's prophecy, you will hear something that he has been telling me all this week. Sometimes I'm just sitting. Sometimes I'm just reading. And I just hear, Celestial, fire will eat this nation from both sides. Fire will consume America from both sides. The Lord told me in another prophecy that I will also make and release today that America will be burned down to the foundation stones. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know that this soil that we walk on, any country, if you did not know that nations have foundation stones, it is such an odd thing to see. It looks like a cracked puzzle. You know, when you put a jigsaw puzzle together, how you can see all the different cracks and pieces? The nations have foundation stones. And I saw America burn until her foundation stones, which are underneath the soil, were glowing and red like the coals in a barbecue. So he says that fire will eat it from both ends because it is not useful for anything. I continue. God says America is a broken vine and a sinful vine, and he will not keep judgment back from her anymore because the sin is too great in this country. And also the sin that is committed is licentious sin, which just means open sin and defended sin. If you speak of modesty, people are ready to tear you limb from limb because they say you're body shaming and body judging. I just want to let you know that if you, especially young women or just women in general, if you are a woman that is laboring under the misconception that heaven has terms like body shaming, body judging, and this really strange one, the patriarchy, you may be a woman who will end up stripped to her skin in the captivity that the Lord always talks about, the captivity that is mentioned here. When the sword of Russia comes, the Lord says there will be an end times captivity in this nation. And as I have already given the details in many of the Russia and China prophecies, that captivity will be stark naked. The people I saw suffer the most in that captivity were women, young girls, females of all sorts, and those who are in the LGBT, many letters, transgender community. When Russia and China come here, they will have a zero tolerance policy for people who cross dress and people who blend gender. I saw that that community suffered terribly, and I'm talking about terrible molestation, terrible harm, and they were put to death in great numbers because they were seen as abominations in the population. So when America is telling you out there that you're free to fly that flag because this is the greatest country in the world and it's all part of your constitutional freedoms, God had words even for the constitution. The flames will devour them and the nation will burn down to foundation stones as they fall before the Russian onslaught and occupation. Putin will drive them like chaff before the wind into end times captivity. The only way God says that we can save ourselves is to hear his voice and to come out of captivity. What captivity? Captivity about what the patriarchy is and the letter lifestyles. Captivity of the mind about this country being better than 
any other country. It absolutely is not. It is just one country among the many countries. And honestly, when you come out of that emotional and mental captivity that we're the best, you will immediately begin to see clearly that actually many things here are not the best. They are actually the worst of human morality. And it's for this reason that God is sending such a judgment. They will go from fire to fire. This means that you will go as a nation from one calamity to another and one crisis to another. And let me start to treat the crises. God says that there will be years here where there's absolutely nothing to eat, that America will undergo a horrible famine to the point of death. So there's famines that come and the government has stored up grain like Joseph and them in Egypt. And then there's famines that come that catch people totally by surprise. Some of this famine, I believe, will be engineered famines because of prophetic words the Lord has given me that show that um, the food supply in this nation is being deliberately targeted. So America is quite a producer of food, but if you um, have heard what's going on um, in the world today, especially here, they're destroying grain, they're destroying corn, they're destroying um, milk, and even destroying animals, they're paying the farmers more to destroy their produce than, their, than they subsidize them to actually grow it. And this is engineered. This is geo-famine. This is geo-engineered famine, um, famine and hunger and starvation. And all of this is being done to attack lines of production so that when other things happen here, do you know how easy it is to capitulate in war when you don't have food? Even if the government itself, itself is the one that will torture people in this country. Do you know how easy it is to give in to anything and to agree to anything when you're hungry? You don't even want to argue or fight. You don't have the energy. All you have um, strength to do is weep. You become emotionally affected when, you, when you're hungry. So the Lord says that people will die here as they've died in other nations while CNN and the other news networks of America were covering it to the maximum highest level. So you may not know, many years ago, Ethiopia had a terrible famine and there've been horrible famines in other parts of the world, but that one was a doozy. And CNN and other networks, America covered it to the maximum, hyping it up. God says that Americans will die in the same way that others have died, painful hunger, and that there will be great lack in this country and terrible diseases that will break out because there will be no medicine and there will be horrible unsanitary conditions here. I've shared in several of the prophecies such as um, breakdown in America and signs of ruin in America that I saw a lot of people lose their jobs. I saw that the economy just caved in like a badly made souffle and a lot of people lost their jobs. And we're already seeing that now with the current situation with this pandemic and, um, horrible unsanitation, horrible unsanitary conditions rose up in those dreams because the government was not able to deal with the country anymore. They were not able to produce and provide basic services anymore. And so the place got nasty and pandemics, worse ones broke out. Worse pestilences is what God called them. You can read the prophecy decay and disease in America on the blog. You just go to the search box and write these prophecies out. I'll try and leave them in a comment below. So a lot of people died because of terrible unsanitary conditions and no medicine. The Lord said that there will be shortages of bread, milk, milk, 
oil, meat, sugar, gas, electricity, and even ability to pay the rent. And so signs of ruin in America is a prophecy where I basically saw that people became so homeless. If you're that person that's basically struggling every month to pay the rent with the changes that happened, you lost your job or you simply, the money also became quite useless. And so those people were immediately driven into homelessness. Many people's homes were foreclosed on. The banks took back those homes. Even if you were 90% paid up, they took back those homes. And here is what the Lord says. People will lose their homes. People will lose their jobs. People will lose the ability to pay rent. People will lose all stability and ability to fend for themselves, and the government will descend into madness and chaos, unable to sustain any equity in the country or keep it balanced anymore. There will be a major currency crash in the U.S. The dollar will lose over 50% of its value and be good for nothing. Wall Street will be the cause of this, and the 2008 financial scandal will be nothing compared to the second financial holocaust that will sweep this country. You will only find provision in me. Only in me will you find food to eat and rest for your weary souls. So you can remember after Elijah had called down the famine, God took him to the house of a widow and Elijah performed a miracle there that made it possible for he and the widow and her son to eat throughout that famine. That is the level of faith that God is calling us to. Do you have the ability, for instance, to put bread in a cupboard and every morning you go and you take out some pieces of that bread, you feed your husband, you feed yourself, and when you come back, somehow there's still bread. God is a God who is able to do these things, but do we have the faith to actually say, I know that you will feed me through everything that you are saying to us. The Russians are hiding in the mountains and they have set up their base there. They have set up their camp there. They are already here and have infiltrated into society on a thousand levels. I've spoken about this in the very old prophecies on this blog, Russia and China playlist. You can find them there. And God says <clears throat> that if he was to show us and tell us who is a Russian, we would faint. We would literally pass out. We would have heart episodes because we think that these people are Americans and they're actually not. They've infiltrated into society on a thousand levels. And if I showed you who was Russian, you wouldn't believe it. If I showed you who in the financial world and the sports world, the elite, the entertainment and the political world are actually Russian loyalists, Russian servants and affiliates, you would not believe it. And I wrote it, if you can see it in capital letters somewhere there, because that is how strongly he impressed it upon my heart. He said, they have blended seamlessly with the population and the day that I, so God is going to give the signal to Russia. I've shared it before that God says, when you see Russia here, he sent them here. He said that he literally put a hook in the heart of their rulers and their leaders that they must go to America and destroy. And when that heavenly push comes, which God is calling the signal, he says that in the day of my signal, America will be destroyed in a double-pronged attack. She will be struck on the east and the west, and she will be struck from within and without. 
Just as a person who has parasites is being torn apart from the infiltration, he's torn apart by the, from the inside of what is going on in his belly. That is how this country will be torn apart by people who have been working for the opposition for over 30 years. Their plan to infiltrate America worked. They have been sent here to destroy you on account of your abominations, the dead infants, infanticide. So this is just the children, the vast amounts of children that go missing in this country, children that are never found or accounted for again. You know these things. Some of you only woke up in 2020 when you saw the Jelaine Maxwell trial happening and then things began to come out and you were having strokes and palpitations like, no, this is not happening. It's been happening for decades. But the church was not aware, largely. Some have known but they've been mocking those people who were talking. Says the plan to infiltrate worked and the Russians have been sent here to destroy you because of your abominations, because of the children that die here, because of infanticide. This is people who actually treat their own children so poorly that the children die. Because of abortion, because of murder, and because of the rampant eradication of my people who were sacrificed since the day the American constitution was signed. So I said that God spoke about the Constitution. He said, America was signed into reality with a bloody pen. Therefore, with that same pen have I written her demise, her destruction, her ultimate fall. The nation will fall. Prepare you the way of the Lord. And so there are some prophecies on the Master's Lord, such um, the Master's voice, such as I think it's called the Valley of Vision, such as to the four corners, such as chop down the tree and such as an original people where the Lord spoke of the native Americans and he spoke of the black Americans and what was done to them historically and how the echoes of those crimes continue today in the eradication of those populations, the unfair targeting of those populations. The Lord says that America came to life on a bloody pen. So this is surely um, the coming of settlers and the destruction of the native populations that were here in order for them to set up their government and build their nation. And he says it is with that same pen that America, modern day America will be destroyed. I'm so sorry about the light reflection. Um, the last thing is Appalachian mountains is where they are at. So I first received this word in, I think it is, forgive me, it is 2016 sometime that the Lord said that the Russians um, are in the Appalachian mountains. I don't know where the Appalachians actually are. I just know that they're there and that they're not bothered by the cold. And so that's why it's not difficult for them to be at such heights. And in the old prophecy, he said that they would swarm down. And um, when joining the other troops that would come, Many people in the outside would wonder and marvel, how is it that America could have such vast numbers of troops within the country? So there are troops, Russian troops, Chinese troops that are here in the United States. Now in the prophecy, the hub, the Lord showed me that they're already here in the country and that they listen to everything, phone calls, videos, I guess everything. He said they're not bothered by the cold and they have their camps and their outposts there in the Appalachians and that the U.S. government knows about it, by which he's not speaking of the current government or government government, which is the visible government that you see. He's talking about what he called the unseen hand that makes the real, excuse me, 
the real decisions for America. <clears throat> he said they know and they have sold the country for an outcome that will not benefit a single person who lives here. And this is the word of the Lord. And so when I heard this message, I was moved to ask, like, Lord, is there any good news? And he answered. He said, the good news is that if they repent of their sins and turn from their wicked ways, they will be saved, some of them. He said, I will gather some of them to my rest and take them away from turmoil and pain. And the rest of them will be saved as escaping through fire. So I have about five prophecies on the master's voice that talk about the fact that many think that the final escape that is coming to the United States of America is to run away in the rapture and God will lift us up. And yet the Lord has said that many things will come not only to this nation, but internationally, including martyrdom. Martyrdom is dying for your faith. It is dying to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you will not let any external source um, wrongly guide you or force you or compel you to say that Jesus is not Lord. So it is, it is the ability to hold on to your faith, even if death is required. And also I have prophecies in the master's voice where the Lord says that <clears throat> people will pass away, that people will go to their eternal rest before any rapture, that there will be a great harvest in the earth I think it is desolations are determined part one, that prophecy is, where the Lord mentioned that he will put his sickle in the earth and he will reap the nation. So this is not only for America, you will see many, many people, young and old. It will be irrespective of age, it will be irrespective of nationality, uh, going home to God, even the sick. Some of those who are sick, the Lord said he will take them away from the turmoil that will be in the earth. He will take them away from pain. And the rest here in the United States will be saved as people escaping through fire. The scripture for that is 1 Corinthians 3 verse 15. But if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. To be saved as through fire, especially in the light of this prophetic word that I have given, means that when the famine comes, you will not be in some special prophetic bubble. The famine will come and the famine will squeeze the land, but to the righteous <clears throat> whom God called his precious seeds that are so few, you will find that through the exercise of faith, through the confession of who God is, he will provide for you. He will provide for your family. So escaping through fire basically means that you will not be raptured out of what is going on. The rapture is not coming just because America is going to receive her punishment. Lord, help me. There was something very important in this message. One thing that the Lord has spoken, and I've, I've shared it in a prophecy somewhere, I just can't remember, but it's in written form. It's not something that I've made a video for yet. One thing that the Lord has shared is that because of the things that will happen here in America, things that are going to happen because of America's own peculiar judgment, is that their faith in this country will be refined. It will be very refined. In order to live through, before you even get to things like famine, before you even get to this horrible prospect of starving, of there being no food, 
Christians will start to really learn what it means the just shall live by faith. And I always say this. I always say this. Christians will begin to learn what it means to lean on your faith when they take away your job and when they take away your pension. Many of the officers in this country have been forced to retire, and I don't know if they have access to their pensions or not. Many of the the people who are in the military have been forced to to they've been let go and they've been let go with dishonorable discharges and i don't know if that means that they have access to their finances to their pension to what they deserve and so we are going to come to a very hard impasse a difficult place where in order to pass you will have to let go of all the fluff that you may be currently carrying all the lies that you may have picked up from traditional church teaching and um what will happen is that as america is purged of wickedness through these harsh punishments god says that the light of the church in this country will begin to shine with a very bright light and that light will be martyrdom that light will be um a pearl that he says the other nations will look at and marvel at when they see the courage with which that end times church will begin to declare their faith against the beast against the even the, the punishments that will come from invasion from these nations other nations will be very impressed when they see this so these are heavy words and um i do not take them lightly when i put this camera on i do not take anything lightly i'm not speaking anything lightly these are the truths that the master jesus christ has given me revelations of the lord god and i pray that you will be able to take it to heart i pray that you will give this video a like not because you actually like the content but because this helps the algorithm to share it it's very necessary for these videos, I feel, to be shared for people who don't even know that these are things on the heart of God for this country. Um, for them to wake up and to know, um, I would like to thank every single person who sends a, a gift, a donation, support to this channel. It blesses me, and I always pray for you. I'm not able to send individual thank yous as I used to two years ago or a year ago, but I always want to say thank you, and I want to say God bless you. Thank you for remembering me, and may the Lord press it down and shake it together and pour it back running over into your bosom so that you can continue to do good works that glorify his name until i see you again god bless you and this is celestial with the master's voice take care